0: This is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast, Become a Sales Titan. I'm here with my nephew. I'm honored to have a family member on the on the podcast video doing a one-on-one. Uh, Tyler, why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: Hi, uh, I'm Tyler. I work at Lodi Toyota in Lodi, California. Um, been in the car business for three years. Got got in it in September of 2019. Uh, I love it. It's super fun, super challenging. Um,
0: uh, It's just all around just, it's been a great experience. Very, very cool. Yes. Tyler uh, has watched me be a car salesman for almost his whole life. And now he's naturally in it because he's got so much talent and he's funny and fun and charismatic and he's doing great in the car business, but just like everybody in the car business and Tyler and me as you know, a salesman, we all go through tougher times and we need help. And I'm proud of you for reaching out to the podcast and, and wanting to do a one-on-one because the best, the best salespeople are the ones that always learn. I say that a lot in my podcast, but I want to make sure to hit it home with you, Tyler, is the moment you stop learning, then your career kind of pauses, your skill level pauses. So a lot of people, what they do, they get comfortable with selling 10 cars a month. And they feel like, okay, I've made it. I'm gonna. Things are gonna get better from here. But they stop trying to learn. So they their skill and their minds mindset or whatever you want to call it gets to ten units a month, and then they stop learning. And all they do is repeat the the one or two years of experience they got over a thirty year career. They've never actually gotten better. They may have been in the car business thirty years, but they only have one or two years of experience. So. Good job for reaching out to me and, and doing this. Yeah. Okay, thank you for your help. Of course. So, uh, Lodi Toyota, how many salesmen are at your dealership? Do you think? I think like twelve. Okay, so twelve salesmen. Is it a mm-hmm. medium sized small size dealership? Big.
1: I think we have a like a medium sized lot. You know, we're not as big as like uh, some of the giant automobiles like Roseville or um, you know some of the. Big guys around here, but I had, we're definitely not small in my opinion.
0: Okay, good. So you're medium sized. I know in Lodi there's some heavy hitters nearby, big cities, Sacramento, uh, yeah. Stockton, Elk Grove. There's some big. So you you're could be smaller than them, but you're not a small dealership by any means. I know that dealership. It's it's a nice dealership. Okay, so let's get let's get into your your four categories. You got great ones. The first one is one of my specialties is building value in the car. And you also put in there that you're, you got to deal with markups going to yeah. the, the dealership sets a price that's above MSRP. And yeah. how do we, how do we translate to the customer that that's, that's normal. And how does a customer not feel like you're gouging me or you guys are a greedy dealership. You guys already make millions, right? That's what the customer thinks. And how do you overcome a $5,000 markup on something that costs 25 grand, right? That's a large large, uh, markup or whatever your markups are. I've dealt with them in my career too. So let's get into building value in the car. So this is where Tyler, as a salesman, needs to make sure he does the proper needs assessment because have you ever done this in your career, Tyler, where you've done the a killer walk around i mean you would have bought it from yourself like wow i just did the best walk around ever and the customer's like okay well what else do you got
1: yeah it's happened right yeah it happens
0: yeah it's like well, didn't you just watch this work of art the picasso <laughs> of walk arounds happen and i just
1: painted the mona lisa yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you painted the mona lisa and they go oh okay cool well what's that one so before you you try to build value in the car you have to do a proper needs assessment to find out that you're doing the best walk around on even the right car. Yeah. So before you start building value in the car, you need to look at what you're doing before that step. And before that step is asking questions, going through a needs assessment and finding out which vehicle is the right vehicle for your customer. Because if you don't ask those questions to figure out, okay, okay, this is what he's doing with it. But sometimes he's camping. Oh, he said he's going to pull a small trailer. And then you go show them something that that just doesn't fit those 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 needs and you do this magnificent walk around it won't matter because it's the wrong vehicle so i've done it in my career you've done it we've all done it to where you've done a beautiful walk around you've done everything right on the vehicle to build value and the customer could care less it's because yeah. the things that you did did not pertain to that customer it did not hit his hot buttons it did not do anything for him to visualize that, oh, this, oh my gosh, yeah, this is a great vehicle. This is exactly what I need. So asking questions is is the, the, the setup to building value. Because if I ask, if I just could do this one-on-one with Tyler Moreno, and I say, uh, come on, Tyler, let's do this one-on-one, and I just start spouting out stuff that doesn't even pertain to you, okay? Oh, you're already good at closes, but I go over 30 minutes of closing right? But that's not what you needed in this one-on-one. Okay. yeah. So what I did before we did the one-on-one, I said, okay, I need three or four categories that you need help with. You're my customer right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I asked you three or four hot button questions and you gave me what you needed. And now I get to customize my, my walk around on this podcast episode to Tyler Moreno specifically. So do you see how that would help in with the customer? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay so before you start getting into value building a car you have to look at the step right before it did i do the step before this correctly and the step before a walk around is a needs assessment the step after a walk around is what uh test drive exactly okay so you know the steps of the sale the 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 biggest thing i run into cust or into sales is i ask what are the steps of the sales or a step of, of the sale, and they get caught up after two or three steps. Like, how do you not know the steps of your own business, right? A meet and greet, needs assessment slash build rapport, a product presentation, a demo drive. Then you come back and work the numbers. And then you do an incredible delivery. You've got to know these things, the blueprint of a car sale, before you try to even dive into it. So what, yeah. ha- so what happens is um, the, the salesman's kind of winging it through the process. Oh, I think I found the right car. They start building value and it's the wrong car. So I know I went a little bit long on the the setup to building value of the car, but it's crucial that you're building value on the right car. Okay. Yeah. Just like this one-on-one I got to ask. So ask the questions. Okay. So is it the right car? Are you building value value with the right person? So if it's one person coming in, you still want to ask, is this vehicle for you? OK, because you may have a husband come in to look at a car that his wife's going to be driving. He's just doing some preliminary stuff. And you ask all the questions that pertains to his buying needs, but you didn't ask who the vehicle was for. So when you have a, a guy that's by himself, a woman by himself, by herself or a family, figure out who the vehicle is for so you can tailor make that that value building for that customer, for that person. Because if I have a, a family looking at a Toyota Sequoia on your lot, and I'm the sales guy, and I'm going over horsepower, torque, towing, all this cool stuff, and then I find out it's for the wife halfway through the walk around, what the heck did I just do? Yeah. Okay, so you not only do you have to figure out what they're using the vehicle for, you need to figure out who is using the vehicle, and make sure you're customizing your value building to that person, and their needs assessment, and their and their hot buttons, Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of goes back into, did you do enough investigating? Now, when you go to a, a doctor, Tyler, I'm going to ask you this question, or, or a, a dentist, and and you go sit down on the, on the chair and he's about to work on you, how would you feel if he, if he said stuff like, oh, okay, okay, you have a cavity on that tooth," So, and he looks at his, his nurse, what tool do we use on that? What was that again? Oh, okay. That drill. Okay. How, how would you feel?
1: I'd get up and leave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no way this guy's working on me.
0: On your teeth? Are you kidding me? It's the most yeah. painful thing. So, or, or, or you're about to go into surgery and the guy's like, okay, what what's hurting again? Uh, oh yeah. You have a hernia on your stomach. Okay. Hernia. That was on page seven. What was that? Again? Oh, okay. Yeah. S- sew it up, fix your abs. Right there's no way in the world that you're going to be okay with that guy doing surgery on you. So now now look at Tyler as a salesman and you have a customer that's about to spend, how much is a fully loaded Sequoia? Probably
1: like 70 grand.
0: Okay. $70,000 costs more than a surgery. So if if in a surgery that costs 10 grand or a tooth root canal that costs three grand, and you expect that out of your doctor and dentist, and you have customers about to spend 70 grand with you, it's 10 times more than a root canal or whatever it is. Wouldn't you expect them to want that same level or even more? What, right? Yeah. Shouldn't. It, should it...
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armorall, Less work, more clean. Terms apply.
0: You're yeah. more professional than the dentist and the doctor? Yeah. Yeah, so... So that goes into, do you know your product? Okay. Because um, a sales guy that that can answer any question on on a Sequoia or a Tundra or a Tacoma, that can answer any, ask me anything. Okay. Not if I don't know it, I'll find out. Okay. Because that's what we're taught. Weren't you taught yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. On what so your manager told you when you got hired, all right. Now you never say, I don't know, Tyler, but if you don't know the answer, you need to say, Oh, I don't know that, but I'll find out. Or, you know, you give them something. No, that's not how it works. Well, how it works is bring it on. Try, yeah. try to stump me. Okay. That's a professional salesman that, that can take 70 grand from somebody and they don't even bat an eye. They don't even blink because yeah. they, they met a guy that, he, they've never met in the car business ever. He's more professional than a doctor. He's more professional than a dentist. He's, he's this Tyler is an absolute beast. Okay. So if you want to build value in your car, you have to know your product where you're unstoppable. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. A
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me the horsepower of a Toyota Sienna?
1: No. Not off the top of my head. Thank I'll go for, find out. Thank you for
0: being honest. <laughs> uh, 12. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me the torque of a, a V6 Tacoma? No. Can you tell me the um, the towing capacity of a, a Sequoia with the max trailering? Uh, it's going to be 10.5. Okay, so you got that one right. So I've talked about this in my podcast before also. A customer is going to give you, I, I this was in my how to deal with high-end clients, but it goes with to everybody because a Sequoia for 70 grand, that's a high-end client. They just happen to love Toyota, okay? Yeah. You're going to get one or two, hey, I don't knows, let me find out. Before the customer starts detecting, am I not the right guy? Okay. One, no problem. They're going to always give you one mulligan, right? Two, eh. It's just, I asked a tough question, but when they start getting into three and fours of, oh, I don't know, let me find out. They're starting to detect uh, an amateur and they're starting to detect somebody that they may not want to do business with. And so then you start hearing things like, well, I the first place I looked, yeah, we're just kind of shopping around because you've lost the confidence in that customer with you. Okay. Yeah. Lost credibility credibility you're not a professional you're kind of an amateur you don't know your stuff you're making stuff up now how do i know that this isn't even the truth now that you're telling me because you didn't know that how do you know this so yeah. so not it's not just building value in the customer knowing all your or in your product it's also building uh value in yourself as a professional okay yeah so when i ask those questions like the horsepower of a, of a sequoia or, or tacoma or things like that most salespeople don't know, but they want to get paid like they know. I want to yeah. make. I want to make 150 grand a year. Yeah, I want to. I want to get in the car business. But again, you're not doing anything to earn it. You're just hoping and winging it that that things are going to start coming your way. And that goes back into they learn about a year of the car business, and then they simply repeat that experience over 20 or 30 years. Okay, but that's not Tyler. Tyler's on a podcast. Tyler's trying to get better. And that's where you're, st- you're going to start elevating because you're investing time and in, and in, in resources into learning now. Okay? Yeah. All right. So do you know your product enough? Next, when you go back to the dealership, make it a point to start learning every horsepower and every torque of, of every vehicle in stock. Okay? Does it matter what the horsepower of a, of a Sienna is? Not
1: to... 90 percent of uh people that are looking at them
0: it it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter but if they ask that question does it matter now yes yeah it doesn't even translate to what they're going to use the van for hey how much horsepower does it have oh it has 230 or 278 whatever it is okay so i could fit nine kids in there and everything's fine they're not going to do that computation in their head they just want to know what it is out of curiosity And if you have the answer right there, your stock's elevated. Okay? Your stock's elevated with them. All right. I've talked about this in the podcast before. I want you to name me your your favorite actor. Uh, Probably Jim Carrey. Okay, Jim Carrey. He's hilarious. Yes. Okay. Do you think he would get a second Ace Ventura if the first one sucked? No, no. The studio would have said, yeah, that was a flop. You're not that great of an actor. OK, but do you think on that second Ace Ventura, he got paid more than the first Ace Ventura? Probably not. No. You don't think he All could right. he could demand more, you think?
1: Oh, yeah. Demanding more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So think about this Ace Ventura or Jim Carrey does Ace Ventura one and it's an absolute blockbuster hit and the studio approaches him now and says hey i want to do a second i want to do a second uh, ace Ventura. he can get paid way more now cuz he saw well i just made you guys 500 million in the theaters you guys yeah. paid me 10 million i want 20 million and the studio yeah. is going to be like done it's done because yeah. the the best actors are the highest paid right you don't you don't start doing movies like gladiator and these epic movies avatar and then you get paid lower you do yeah. these epic movies and you get paid more but it just goes back to the the best actors are the highest paid what are salesmen they're actors we're literally actors we're chameleons yeah. we we can get along with anybody we can put on a show the barnum bailey experience the best show on earth the greatest show on earth so when you're with customers you got to remember this is showtime I know, you know, this, this is not, this is not new stuff to you. You know that if I put on a show and I do everything right, I'm going to get a sale and and I'm going to, I'm going to probably make more money. Yeah. So be, be the Jim Carrey. If he's your favorite actor, be funny on the lot, right? You're very funny already. So you probably use, you got to have your meal ticket. That's your meal ticket being funny. But think, think about Jim Carrey when you're with somebody If I want to get a sequel, I need to be or I need to do a really good job in this movie, a.k.a. car deal. Yeah. Best actors are the highest paid. We talked about building value in you. When you're with the customer, Tyler, do you talk about your personal life at all to build value like outside of the the car sales business?
1: If it if it kind of like is congruent with like, you know, if it's something in common with them, you know, obviously I'm asking questions to learn about them. And to kind of get a background and, you know, kind of probing of what they're going to be needing in a vehicle. And in the process, I'm, you know, talking about myself and certain things. If they're animal lovers, I'll start talking about my animals and, you know, just to find that common ground and, uh, you know, essentially build rapport.
0: Good. Yes. Because we're human beings. Uh, Mm -hmm. Customers look at salespeople as just selling robots. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That all, all we care about is money, which that is why we're in the car business, because we want to make an insane amount of money. But we're also in the car business because we like making people happy and, and having their dreams come true and, and having a uh a, kind of that good feeling of, man, family came in. They thought they didn't think they could buy a car and, a, and they left in a brand new forerunner. Yeah. You get kind of a high off of that. Yeah. And alongside of that, you get a big old fat voucher. Okay. <clears throat> so. Um, you got to build value in you and, and what you talked about was great. Build a rapport. And if it flows, right, you don't want to force it. Hi, I'm Tyler and I like animals.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're just looking Bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so building value in yourself, but not bragging, you know, you don't want to talk about the car you drive. It's a sports car. And I got all this kind of, that turns people off. I just bought this new Rolex. Yes. Me and you could buy a Rolex, but do we own one? No, what the heck's the point of it? Yeah. To, there's no point in it. Not saying Rolex is bad, but if you really want to come across as a car salesman that's trying to help people, you just be humble and you help them and you make sure that they know about your personal life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another thing that salesmen struggle with. And this is a big one. It's kind of the final point of building value in the car. Uh, we talked about doing an incredible walk around. Are you building value with the right person? Are you on the right car? Are you asking enough questions, right? Are you the best actor? The thing that I noticed salesmen do is they don't really let the customer interact with the vehicle during a walk around. They, they simply are just showing the features and pointing at stuff. And yeah. the customer may sit in the seat, move the power seat a little bit or bring down the tailgate of a truck but are they actually interacting when when you hear the word interacting with the car, if you're doing a walk around, what, what comes to mind if you're doing a really good job?
1: When, when you talk about interacting, that's them turning on the radar cruise control or, uh, you know, messing with the stereo, um, you know, kind of seeing the different settings on the, you know, the, the cluster, uh, things like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, when you go to an arcade with a pocket full of quarters, do you simply just look at the arcade machines? No, man, you're you're stuffing quarters in there and you're having a blast. OK, mm-hmm. that so when you got a customer inside of a car and you want them to have fun, you need to have them push buttons, turn this on. OK, here's where the wiper is go and Hit it. Watch them. Look at how fast they are. Look at how fast they can go. Um, oh, while you're in here, do you got your phone on you? Let's pair up your phone real quick because I want you to hear the stereo system. And then you can take their phone and go to YouTube and put on a 7.1 digital Dolby surround sound song and show off the the car's audio and also play one of their favorites. Now, one of their favorites may not show off the stereo as good, right? They could play an old Beatles song that doesn't have 7.1. It's just a a good song. There's not that much bass and thump in a Beatles song. OK, so you let them play their song and then you say, OK, let me borrow your phone and, and show you this. And you find a good 7.1 or 8.1, whatever they're up to now, 9.1. And you say, OK, now listen to this in the car and you shut the doors. Everyone get in. Boom. And everyone's in there like, oh, my gosh. What? Oh, look. Can you Did you hear that over there? Wow. Yeah. And you do that on every stereo. It doesn't matter if, it ha- if it's not the best one, the most loaded stereo. It's just an interacting thing. You know the uh the arcades when you sit sit in there and you got the gun and you got T-Rexes and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an information overload. It's not your classic, you know, sticking and buttons and you're staring at a Pac-Man screen. There are speakers here, there's speakers here, the thing blows wind, you're shooting T-Rexes, someone can sit next to you, and you both have guns. Like that's called take my money kind of arcade. You slide yeah. a t- You slide a 20 in that thing just to see how far you can get, okay? So you have to make sure you're being interactive with the customer, popping the hood, turning the motor on while the hood is up, showing them where the air filter is so if they have to change the air filter on their own, you know, having them touch stuff. Here's the the material of this and the material of that. Look at this button. Listen how the blinker sounds. That's a great sound, you know? Yeah. And that builds the value. And it makes them start their mouth watering. Of oh my gosh, I want to own this car. I'm not going to tell them I want to own it. I'm going to keep it. My emotions under control. But you'll know you did a good job when we go to this next part, which is called um, getting the customer inside. Okay, so that's that was your next item up for bid is getting the customer inside. Mm-hmm. Tell tell me what challenges you have sometimes on that.
1: So. I guess it kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier is maybe just not showing the right car or, uh, you know, maybe just not building enough rapport, um, but I'll be showing cars, you know, butterflying all the doors, show them the trunk space. I'll even get in the trunk, be like, look at how many bodies you can fit in here, you know, mm-hmm. just having fun with them. And um, then, you know, go on a test drive and I'm like, hey, so how'd you like, How like, how was the test drive? Did you, you You remember when we like you know floored it, whatever. Um, And then I'm like, well, if this is the right car, uh, how about we go inside? I can show you some numbers. And like, no, 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 I think we just want to think about it. And I, I, I'll say every time, you know, well, at least let me do my job to the fullest and give you some numbers to to think about. No, 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 no. This is it's. We're just gonna go home and just kind of like you know weigh our options if we want to get go with this car. If we're you know gonna think about another car or, you know, something like that. I mean, that's, a, that's been a big challenge for me is just kind of overcoming that, I guess. And, I mean, lack of inventory. I know you've heard it plenty of times. You know, there's a lack of inventory. Our, our used car inventory, our new car inventory is pretty light too. Sometimes we just don't have exactly what the customer wants, maybe not the red right interior or, you know, something. And uh, we've been doing a lot of reservations on vehicles. Um, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll use that, hey, even though this is not the exact package you want on the RAV4, how about you just drive this one, you know, so you kind of see the dimensions of the RAV4, see how you fit in it, see how it drives. And then we can go inside and see what I have coming in. Since you're going to be driving one, let's get one reserved. And and they're like, no, no, we don't want to come in. And just just thing, you know.
0: Yeah, the challenges like we got challenges in the car business, and that's okay because challenges that we can overcome make a stronger salesman, right? So that is a common thing. So after a test drive, there's like this weird quasi space that um, that salesmen struggle with like, okay, now, now what do I do? Do they like the car? Do they not like the car? Do we work numbers? Or are they going to leave? Right. It's, isn't that a, it's like a weird feeling, huh? It's
1: like the taking a girl home, like after a date, you're like, do I, do I walk out of the door or? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it is, it's exactly that. It's this weird space of what do I do next? Okay. So yeah. this, this goes back to, Instead of saying, let's go work numbers, you say, now I'm going to get you some more information. Turn the numbers word into information, okay? Okay. You can't say numbers because numbers is scary to customers. Numbers means buy. Numbers means spend. Numbers means too much. Numbers means I can't afford it. Numbers means rejection. Numbers means I can't get approved, okay? So you have to change that verbiage to information, okay? And- and. That weird quasi space, you got to stomp it and say, come on, I want to get you guys some more information. You're going to love it. I just need to uh, get some basic info from you. You're not buying nothing. Don't worry. You're not buying nothing, right? You got to, because if you don't say those things, you're going to get the answer that you're getting now. Okay. And the answer you're getting now is not a sale. So wouldn't it be beneficial to to a sales guy to figure out a different verbiage? To get them inside, even if it is something like, don't worry, you're not buying the car, you're not buying the car yet, you know, and you smile and you laugh and they laugh. Okay, okay, right? Yeah. But but guess what happened? Instead of them walking this way, they followed you in, which gives you another percentage of selling them now, giving you another opportunity. We're just, what what we're trying to do is find the real objection. And when they say, we're just looking, this is the first place we stopped, we'll come back The objection is still hidden in their core. Okay. So, so the, the thing you got to do is figure out what do I got to say to get him inside to where now I can get some help from my manager or teammate or whatever. Okay. And, and you use the word information and not numbers. Do not use the word numbers because it scares people. It scares me when I go look at stuff. All right, Kyle, let's go look at the numbers. Ooh, I got a dentist appointment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gotta pick up my kid from Pluto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You start making stuff up because the numbers yeah. is the number sounds painful. But yeah. if the if the guy said, "All right, Cal, I'm glad you like that. Whatever, I just tried out a couch or a mattress or a washer dryer," and he said, "Now, before you guys take off, don't worry, you're not buying nothing. Let me just get you the the rest of the info." Oh, okay. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna follow the guy. So yeah, you see how that works? Yeah, that that
1: makes. That's like a like a light just went off.
0: Yeah, and you got to squash that feeling because the feeling is going to be there every time you take a test drive and you're done with it. So you yeah. just have to you have to command the room. You're a professional. You're taken through the steps of the sale, and you don't waver. You don't waver. Tyler was going to accomplish his job, no matter what the customer says. It doesn't matter what he says or she says. I'm going to get you the rest information before you guys leave. All you're doing is lowering their guard by saying that to get them to the numbers part. And then you're sitting at the desk and you're getting them the rest of the information, aka numbers. And then you can ask questions like, have you guys thought about a payment or a term or or is there any specific banks that you guys use? Right. And then you start opening up that part of it, that step. Oh, the numbers part and getting credit. Now, what we do at this at Loda Toyota is we don't like to guess. We're not guesstimators. We are not the bank. So I'm going to take some very basic info from you. Don't worry. It's not going to wreck your credit. It's going to allow me to get you the exact payment and exact interest rate. So there's no guesswork. So if you guys decide to go home and think about it, you're thinking about the perfect information and not a guesstimate. Because you can't do nothing with a guesstimate. You can't do you can't buy a guesstimate. You don't even have the right numbers at a guesstimate. And don't worry, nothing bad happens here. You're not buying the car, okay? You're not buying the car yet. I just need to get you the exact rate, exact payment, exact term that fits your kind of wants and needs and budget. And then you can decide if I want to buy the car or not. If you want to buy the car, awesome. If you don't, at least I did my job and you got all the right information to buy a car or not buy a car. What do you think they're going to do next?
1: Sounds simple enough. The The guy wants to do his job yeah you
0: know? and you want and a customer wants the right information do you want me to send ho- send you home Mr. customer with the wrong information or spend five more minutes and, and send you home with the right information well when he says the right information you get the little credit app don't worry it doesn't wreck your credit don't worry da da da, da, da. you get the information and now your finance guy comes out with a payment and a rate and a term H- have you gotten yourself a little bit closer to the sale Yeah. Are you stacking the odds in your favor and the percentage of selling them in your favor? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So now most objections from a customer are the payments too high or the money's too much, but at least you got to that point to where that it finally comes out of their core because them, them saying this is the first place I shopped them saying, I have to go to an appointment them saying uh, we want to look at the competition. That's all BS, The real thing is I'm afraid to get denied. I'm afraid the payment's too high. I'm afraid I can't afford this car. Um, but, but by disguising it to the very end, the numbers don't lie at the end. You can't BS the numbers. This is the payment. This is the rate. But until you get to that point, then you can't get the objection out. So you just have to, you have to be creative on getting them to this, to this point, getting them to the point. Okay. Um, this is something I've said before, but if you just tell a kid, uh, here's your carrots, eat them, or here's your vegetables, right? But if you sugarcoat them and talk about, oh, it's a little tree, and "and here's the broccoli, and the little guy's up there, oh, we got to save the guy. Here's some, you got to eat the branch to save the guy. What's the kid going to yeah. do? Oh, man, let me save the guy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now the kid's eating his vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> It's no different in a car sale. You got to disguise the buying process as something else. Okay. So um, yeah, getting the customer inside has to be a show, but it has to be a disguise and you have to command it. You can't ask. Do you guys want to come in and work numbers? No. It's going
1: to be a no every time.
0: Yeah. If you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that the truth? So yeah. <laughs> after the test drive, you don't say nothing. Follow me. I want to get you guys some more info that 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 is very important. It's crucial to your deal. And you just go into the next step. You go until they say, hey, stop. I don't want to buy the car. I'm, I'm not trying to sell you a car. Oh, well, what are we doing? I'm just getting you the information so you can decide if you want to or not. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Or until, until they blow out of your office because you've taken them so far that they didn't realize it and they panic and they blow out. But at least yeah. you did your job to get them to that point. It's up to them if they want to buy it in the end. That's why I tell salesmen, don't kick yourself in the pants if a customer doesn't buy a car. But kick yourself in the pants if you didn't do the right steps to get them to where they could easily say yes. Okay? That's when you can kick yourself in the pants. When you did a bad walk around you don't know your product, you ask silly questions, and, and then they they leave, kick yourself in the pants. But if you do everything right, perfect, 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 because you're just a dialed salesman, and then they blow out, that's on them, not on me. I don't have it's water off a duck's back. I did my job. Right, boss? You saw that? You saw them blow out when the payment? Okay, I just want you to know. Yeah. Right? And I ha- and I asked for your help, Mr. Boss, and you helped me too, right? Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's not gonna say, oh, I did a bad job closing. Right? He's gonna yeah. say, Hey, we did everything we could, Tyler. It's up to them if they want to buy. Okay, so getting them in, you have to distract it. All right, let's move on. Seeking out customers slash phone skills. So th- I have I have some key information for you on this, Tyler, um, mm-hmm. on phone skills. And it goes down, it boils down to practice. So would you agree that if a customer walks on your lot and says, hey, I want to look at some Tundras, You're very good at that. Yeah. You know what to do. Because you practice it every day. Yes. Shaking hands, making people laugh, taking them through the process. It's like you could close your eyes and walk through a car deal with these people as long as they're in front of you. Yes. But when it comes to phones, it's like, okay, what do I do? I'm a little rusty. I'm a little crusty. I'm not that great. It's a a practice thing. Yeah, it's practicing. You're not practicing enough. You're not on the phone enough. So when you do get on the phone and you have to do follow-up, you, you're kind of bad at it. It was no different for me when I was in sales. If you if a customer walked in the door, I'm selling them a car. It doesn't matter who you are, what your objections are. Kyle Galaz is going to sell them a car. Unless they can't buy because of some financial reason, reason you're buying a car. It's because I've had 20 years of practice on the floor. But on the phone... I'm only making a few phone calls a day. I'm not that great on the phone. And so I what my closing ratio on appointments is not that great. It's a practice thing. It's not a phone verbiage thing. I, I watch videos all the all the time online about phone skills. And they're not saying anything special. I watch tons of them. Why are, why am I not so good at it? Let me look, let me YouTube some phone skills. It's the same stuff that you already know but they flow like the Mississippi because they practice it all the time, okay? Yeah. so So for Tyler, you need to get on the phone and mess up a bunch of times and, and sound like a fool and, and oh, that didn't work. Well, let me try this on the next call. And you need to practice, 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 practice like crazy because you practice every day on the floor. You, you, you sharpen your guys' skills in the sales department because you're talking about power. And, oh, you see this new feature on the Tacoma that just came out? You guys are sharpening your skills but you're not doing that on the phone you're not talking about phone calls with your your co-salesman are you no no you but you talk about product so you're really good at walk-ins but you're not that great at, at, at phone calls so you need to uh, I'm gonna flip my page here you need to uh to practice more on phone skills okay here's something that a, a manager told me one time. And I, and I believe in it, is you need to stand up when you're talking on the phone. Because when you're sitting down, yeah. you're relaxed, okay? You don't have the energy. I have the energy on my podcast right now because I, I love helping salespeople get better. So this this tone that you're getting from you right now is called passion. That's what you hear right now, Tyler. So when you make a phone call, you need to have this thing called passion, and it helps to be standing up and walking around like you're the boss. Oh, hey, what's going on, Tyler? How are you? Oh, nice to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked to you about three months ago on that that Tacoma. Uh-huh. That was me. Right? Because you got yeah. that kind of like a swagger. But when you're standing up walking around, your blood's flowing, your heart's pumping, and you just your mind's going. Sometimes salesmen are at their desk, it's comfortable, it's warm, they got their jacket on, they're just like, yeah, I got to make some calls. And they just don't have that passion. Now, some people can sit down and make calls, no problem. You may be that guy. But for me, I needed to stand up and walk around when I got an internet lead and it was time to call. And I walk outside and get on the phone. So try that out. It may or may not work for you, but you can't sound tired on the phone and that you're having to make this call. The manager is making me make this call, Okay you got to have that energy and passion behind the phone call. What's the point of a phone call? To sell an appointment. Appointment. Okay. So so let's talk about how to get an appointment. You need to have passion in getting the appointment. Okay. And you need to say things like, and I have it here. Um, Here's the no. Just seeing if you're interested in trading in your vehicle. I see you're just in for service. Are you interested in trading your vehicle in? No, I love my vehicle. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, we have good programs, right? You, 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 salesmen get into that trap of of, just seeing if you're interested. I'm just doing some follow-up. And it's just sales jargon. It just sounds like a salesman. Okay. I have a very specific thing I tell um, my Alfa Romeo customers that I've sold. Okay. This is what I this is one of the things I use and it works like 999 percent of the time. Now, these are people I've sold. So a sold customer. Okay. I'm going to use Tori as a as an example because he's one of my, my favorite customers of all time. He's bought an Alfa Romeo from me. Tori, it's Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? I gotta, I gotta ask a question. Uh, when when can you come in? I want to show you something. Well, what do you mean? this new Alfa Romeo Giulio came in with this new color called uh, Verde Visconti Metallic. And it's like this Italian green. It's a crazy color. Uh, I just want to show it to you. Okay. And he came in the next day. He drove out. He lives 38 miles from the dealership. The The verbiage of my phone call is a little bit different, but that's the gist of it. Because, yeah. you know, we small talk for a little bit. And I told him, hey, there's this new color that came in. I, I want... And, I, and this is what I also, I said, I want your opinion on it. I wanted Tori's opinion on this because I love this customer and he loves me. And and when I said, I want your opinion on it, I could hear this, like, giddiness come out of him of, really, you want my opinion? Okay, I'll be down there on Saturday. And he came in, he showed up on Saturday to look at this Verde Visconti.
1: And he, he had his own appointment.
0: <laughs> dude. I'm telling you it works. Uh, and, and he came in, he looked at it. He has a, uh, competition red Alfa Romeo and he loves his color too much. The Verde Visconti was not his favorite, but he still came in to see it. Right. So I had, there was an opportunity when I was showing him the car to possibly sell him it.
1: Yeah. Your percentage is a little bit higher.
0: Yeah. Stacking the odds, but I got him in, in an untraditional, uh, I didn't you if I would have called Tori and said, hey, I was thinking about uh, possibly getting your vehicle traded. We have some new arrivals. He loves his color too much. He loves his car too much to trade it in. I would have got a no. But when I said I got this new color, I want your opinion. You got to come see it. It's Verde Visconti metallic. It's an Italian green. He's like, okay, I'll be there Saturday when I'm off work. And he came in. So what you need to do with appointments is retrain your brain on how you talk to these people. Now, I already have a relationship with Tori, so that was a little bit easier. But let's say he's a stranger and you got an internet lead on a a Tacoma, okay? You guys have some of those Tacomas that have that flat color, right? No metallic?
1: Yeah, like a cement or a lunar rock, yeah.
0: Okay. So manufacturers make really cool names on colors. So lunar rock. Okay. The moon, a moon rock. So next time you got an internet lead on lunar rock Tacoma or something about that car that's unique, you can tell, Hey, Tyler, this is, well, this is Kyle from. let's reverse the names. (laughs) Let's reverse the names. Hey, Kyle, this is Tyler from Lodi Toyota. How are you? Oh, I saw you inquired on a a Tacoma in stock, the Lunar Rock. Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we have it here. Now, next question. I'm dying to hear your opinion on this color. You may have seen one in person on the road, but I want you to come see this one because I want to know your opinion because Toyota said they made this special color and customers are going to love it, and I want to find out if it's true. When can you come in and take a look at it? We'll go over all the other stuff. I can show you the truck. You just have to change the verbiage a little bit, Tyler. Because now it's kind of like a game. Oh, Toyota said every customer's going to like it. I'll put that to the challenge, right? So if what what you're saying isn't working, what do you got to do? You got to change it. And you have to change it to where it's fun and and inviting. Not that your appointment to get your teeth drilled on. It's an appointment to come see the new Corolla Cross all-wheel drive. The Corolla was one of their top sellers in the 80s and 90s. And, and and Toyota spent a, a zillion dollars designing the perfect Corolla that is all-wheel drive that you can take anywhere. It's called the Corolla Cross. Have you, have you even heard of it, Mr. Customer? I saw you inquired on it. It's not a Corolla. They could have named it something completely different, but I need you to come see it because I want your opinion on it. It's so cool. Well, what's the lease payments? Oh, man, we'll get to all that. Toyota always have good leases. It, it we'll figure out the structure, what works for you. When can you come in and take a look at this Corolla Cross? I, I'm dying to show it to you. I haven't had any customers even call because they don't even know it exists yet. Oh, okay. Right? You're get, so you you hear the passion?
1: Yeah. And you get the customer excited.
0: Yes, because you're trying to sell an appointment. The moment they say what your lease is, what's your best price, you got to shut it down if uh if, if you go to your sales manager and say hey this guy inquired online on this Corolla cross he lives uh in Stockton which is 20 minutes away what's the best price we can do you imagine be like you got nothing you have zero get away from me you have zero opportunity to sell this guy a car all yeah. you're gonna do is say okay my best price is 19755 which is a good price it's a 100 bucks over invoice or whatever it is and the guy's going to call another dealership in Sacramento and say can you beat 1975 on this car? Yeah, we'll get you to 195. I'll be right there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear?
1: Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member F D S
0: E. So you got nothing anyway. You can't lose nothing. You don't have you don't have anything. Yeah. So if you don't have anything, don't be afraid to lose it. Okay? So you gotta change your verbiages.
1: Yeah, yeah you like that one.
0: Yeah, you got to change your verbiages to get the customer in and you got to get them excited on the phone. You got to have passion, get passion back in your, your sales process, just like when you were brand new and you wanted to prove to the dealership that you were the best hire they'll ever have. Okay. And that's the passion that needs to flow through you when you're on the phone. Are you going to mess up with this new verbiage? Yeah. You're going to mess up a lot of times. Are you going to sound like a doofus in front of your coworkers at first? Yes. But all of a sudden things are going to start clicking and you're going to practice, practice, practice. And next thing you know, you're going to have this mental script that works 90% of the time. Oh yeah. You inquired on lunar rock. I'm dying to get your opinion on it. When can you come in? I'll show you all the truck. You got to see these new features. It's it's absolutely insane what they've done with the new 2023 Tacoma. I can't even believe this. I get to show this truck to people when can you come in what's your best price oh man we'll get to all that when you're here i need to make sure you like the truck right Oh, i'm not coming yeah. in unless i get the best price right yep that's what i get all the time okay and then you say here you want the you want if you truly want the best price my manager needs to because he is the guy that makes the best price and if you're just a A phone number over the internet. That's we get that all the time. What's your best price? What's your best price? No one shows up, but if you come in and get to meet him, trust me, he's going to give you a smoking deal. But you got to come in, and you got to make sure it's the right one. You just have to change the verbiage a little bit. Is it going to work every time? No. Are you going to have guys that never show up? Yeah, it's part of the game, right? You're going to have internet leads that only want the best price. They're they're two hundred miles away, and no matter what price you give them, it's it's never good enough. Oh, I'll get one five grand cheaper. No, you can't. But nice try. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, let oh, me know where you buy it, because I'll go buy it like a couple of them myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's he's comparing a basic uh, S model or SE model Tacoma, whatever the basic is. SR, I mean. SR, yeah. And and he inquired on an sr five premium on your lot. Well, of course, it's five grand cheaper. So when I had customers do that it's to me, different car, yeah, yep, I would say, "Wow, is that really true? Yep, uh-huh. It's five grand cheaper. Do me a favor, because if it truly is, I'll get you that deal somehow, some way. Send me the VIN number and the location of it. Okay, he sends you the VIN, you run it. It's an SR, and then you call him back and say, "Hey, I, I can match some prices, but that's not the right truck. You said you were comparing trucks." And the art, the, which is the right truck. Was it the SR or are you looking at the SR five premium that I have? Cause there's a big difference in features. And then you kind of put it back on them trying to pull a fast one. There's not an, Tyler, there's not an exact formula for internet lead phone calls and, and, and phone scripts. But the, the thing that, that works is passion and talking about the vehicle and, and wanting to show them the vehicle. Okay. I'm not trying to skirt around the, the, uh, what's your best price, but it. do you notice that when p- those guys say that, you never sell them anyway? Yeah. What's your best That's price? True. What's your best price? You get them the best price you never hear from them.
1: Yeah, they're just sitting at home on their computers in their underwear just typing away and just yeah. looking on the internet.
0: What's your best price? Oh, it's this. Oh, there's one for five grand cheaper. No, there's not. We know that. We're in the carpets. we know that they're just playing a game. And they say for us not to play games, they play more games than we do.
1: It's our job to see through BS.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're we're like psychologists sometimes. So you got to get back to the passion, the vehicle, and getting them in at all costs. And the best price is when you meet my manager and you're in the showroom. Because if I just come to him with a guy that's on the internet, we get 200 of those a day. The guy that shows up and is serious about this Tacoma, that's the guy who gets the best deal. You got to show up. Okay. So try to work on those soundtracks. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, And also, uh, I got a couple notes here. It's a numbers game. No one is 100% on phone call appointment settings. You got to dig through the trenches to find the gold nugget, to find the car deal. Okay. Like panning for gold. Every time you scoop, there's not a chunk of gold in it. There's thousands of scoops that you don't get gold. Okay. Well, same thing with phone calls. And and internet leads you got to weigh through the 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 bad ones. Oh, I found a gold nugget! Boom 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 boom! I found a gold nugget. But stack the odds in your favor by having good word tracks and passion, just like you hear in my voice. Okay? Yeah. Have the passion. Don't sound like a salesman. Sound like a product specialist. Man, you got to come check this thing out. Don't use sales tracks on the phone. Now, if it's a guy that says, "Hey, can you beat this price? Uh, I'll be there later today." Work the numbers, you know, he's, he's telling you his buying buttons, but if he says, what's your best price, that's a different thing than saying, Hey there, I got a quote from a guy in, uh, in Sacramento. Can you beat his price? Cause you have the Tacoma I want. Yeah. Let's work the numbers. I'll get you the price. Get in here. You know, that's okay. 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 <clears throat> Here's uh, a little thing that even my daughter London was talking about. We we're talking about how cars are an extension of people. Right. And how cars can upgrade people. So for me, when I buy a car, I like kind of a crazy color car. You know, you have that blue Subaru, it's kind yeah. of an, it, that Subaru is an extension of, of Tyler, a blue Subaru Cross with cool ads and a roof rack and all that, an adventure vehicle. Well, yeah. Tyler, Tyler is an adventure person. So when you're talking to customers, also remember that when they say, I'm in, interested in this Tacoma, I saw it online. That's a moment to say, oh man, you love adventure vehicles. What do you, do you go camping? Things like that. You know, you can start that over the phone. Oh, I'd love to meet you. When can you come in? So remember, when people inquire about cars, that car is telling you a little bit about that person. I need a Sienna with all-wheel drive. Oh, you got a family that you guys go up to the snow or something. You know, so look at that vehicle. There's and dissect the vehicle before you call the customer and figure out what they use that vehicle for. You can do that over the phone. Okay, uh, you're the connection for these people that that call online. line. There's there's a so when they go to the manufacturer's website, they go to Toyota.com. They can only get so much information. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of boring. Most manufacturer websites are boring. It doesn't play yeah. music all, by itself. It doesn't have action videos like a GoPro website. You go to ford.com, you go to toyota.com, you go to any, they're kind of boring websites. So when, when they call you, you're the connection to excitement. Okay. That goes back to kind of passion, but you're, they're using you as a, as a tool to get to that vehicle, be a fun tool. Here's them. Here's the boring website. Here's the Tacoma you got on your lot. And here's Tyler, the fun part. So be fun with them. Have fun. This is not the most serious job. That's why we got to this, got in the job so we can have fun and make money. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You got any questions on the phone or challenges that you have that I could. Um, I mean, people,
1: we kind of, we, you kind of touched up on it. when people are like, what's your best price? Uh, oh, do you guys have markups? Um. And then people just inquiring about like hybrids and stuff that we don't have in stock, but, you know, we have them coming in and stuff, Mm -hmm. but we, we, you know, you kind of touched up on a lot of that.
0: Yeah. The stuff that you don't have, that's not your fault, right? Low inventory is not the sales guy's fault. We're just dealing with it now. Okay. So you have to make sure customers know that I'm in the same boat you are. We're waiting for vehicles. Uh, It's hard to make sales when we don't got them, you know, yeah. We're, we're human beings we're just trying to survive just like everyone else in the world we just happen to get to look good and have fun at work but but um i, I did we talk we didn't talk about markups so let's talk about markups real quick because that's important right now with the way the economy is a lot of dealerships yeah. are marking up vehicles so when a customer sees the markup an addendum on the side that says dealer markup or market value markup of five thousand bucks what do you say right now tyler
1: uh I say it's uh based on the way the market is, you know, there's an adjusted price on the vehicle. Um and I kinda you know, a lot of people they know that you know used car selling used cars, people dealerships are given more for used cars. Um so forgive me if if this is the wrong thing to say, but I'll tell them, you know, so you as of right now, the best way I can explain this is you want more for your car that you're going to be selling me trading in. And if we're sell, buying all the money for your car and we're selling this thing, still at MSRP or invoice, we're we're constantly losing money in order to, to sell vehicles and with business, the way business works, you know, we're going to have to shut the lights off. You know, we're going to have to let people go because the, we can't, we're, we're not being fed. Right. Um, And I know that kind of, I guess uh, hearing myself say that, I guess it kind of puts the problem on on the customer. It's like well, that's not my that's not my problem. Um, but I tell them, you know, we have the markup on there because you want more for your car. We want a little bit more for our car, so now we can even out the playing field. You know, it's yeah. like a guy sells a hundred pencils for fifty cents each, but now he only gets to sell fifty pencils, but he still has the mortgages to pay. So he has to charge now a dollar per pencil, you know, because he's only selling half of what he had.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so let's let's back up a little bit of what you said, because you're a smart guy, and you've already kind of made a point of of it's like putting the the problem on the customer, right? Yeah, they want more for their trade, so we have to mark up ours. Um, how is that working for you?
1: I'd say maybe about. 35, 40% of the time. Yeah. You know, I try and just avoid that issue altogether. And like we talked about earlier, just trying to build as much value in the car as I can to where it doesn't even come up. You know, they love the car. This is what it takes to buy the vehicle, and you know.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a few different ways to deal with uh with markups. Um putting the putting the blame on the customer's trade in what if they don't have a trade-in now? How do you explain it? Yeah. I'm just, um, um, let's say I'm a, I'm a 30 year old female that needs a commuter Corolla and I I've been driving my beater. I gave it to my little sister and I need this car. Why is it 25 on this sticker, but 30 on this sticker? Right. What do you say at that point? (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's tough, yeah. huh? You get, I get stumped. Yeah,
0: yeah, because because now you're gonna have to justify five thousand dollars of of what? And if you say stuff like, um, if you say stuff like mortgages and things like that, that's them saying, well, that's your that's your personal problem. That's not my problem. Mortgages and things like that. Yeah. Now, can you throw some of that stuff in there? Yeah, but that's not the reason why there's a markup. Let's be honest with the customer because they're way smarter than sometimes we think, okay? With the current cost of everything to stay in business, dealerships are having to resort to markups to stay afloat so I can serve you not only today but down the road. But the $5,000, it is a lot of money. I agree. If I came into a dealership, Mr. Customer, I saw a $5,000 markup, I'd be like, what? what's what's this? Corporate greed, Right. They, have, they deal with that in their company that they work for. Their 401Ks got cut. Their pay got cut. They're having to work more hours. They know corporate greed. And when they see that markup, it triggers them. That's why you get yeah. people that never say, oh, okay, 5,000, the, that's the only markup. Okay, that's not bad. No one says that because they have to revert to corporate greed. And in your case as a smaller or medium-sized Toyota dealership, it's not corporate greed. It's literally, I need to, keep this place open for you right is that what you're telling me that's the real story right yes yes okay okay so but that's not that's not enough to justify five thousand dollars so what you have to do is continue on with that okay and and the way you have to do it right away is tell them some sort of a story like yeah with the current times gas has gone up I bought mayonnaise for seven bucks at the at the store. <laughs> <laughs> Corn is up. It's cone, right? All these things, yeah. are, all these things are up. Right? And for yeah. for businesses to stay in business, they're having to raise the prices. No one's going into the gas station and saying, How much is gas? $425. I'll give you two a gallon. They're gonna say, get out. <laughs> they're gonna say shoe fly. So yeah. dealerships to Dealership to compete with the market rising, they're having to do this to stay afloat. And I get that's frustrating. It's frustrating for me when I go gas up my car every single day because I know it costs 10 cents for that for that gas, and I'm getting charged 5 bucks a gallon. So what you've done there, Tyler, is you put yourself with them. You're on their side. I agree. Wow. But you have to put into plain sight all the things that they're paying more for. It's not just the car dealership. It's life yeah. right now. I'm, yeah. I'm serious about the mayonnaise. I saw a, I didn't buy it I saw a jar of mayonnaise for seven bucks. what the heck jeez I don't need mayonnaise that bad, right but so you have to put in perspective that they're already paying giant markups. you're already paying five thousand more a month or a, a, every six months in stuff. So the dealerships are having to match these the inflation right now to stay afloat. Yeah. Now I get that's frustrating. So let me do this. Let me show you why the vehicle is worth thirty grand to you. Okay, I know the MSRP says twenty five, and now it says thirty. But and I know this is your first car you're financing, and and how nice of you to give that car to your, your little sister. I bet she's just thrilled to have her big sister's car. But my name's Tyler. Let me take you through this vehicle, and if you see it's worth the thirty thousand dollars at the end of this, then you can buy it. If you think nope it's not, then don't buy it. But all I'm asking you for is let me do my job and show you the value of this car and why it's worth the money, okay? We may get done with this and you say, man, that thing's worth 40 grand because that's how Toyotas are built. A lot of times I show a a car and they're like, wow, it's only 30 grand? And I think to myself, I could have charged 30 grand for this car, (laughs) right? And the MSRP says 25, dang it, missed 5,000 right let yeah. me do that for you let me show you why it's worth more than 30 and you go back to the value building but you have to get them on your side on inflation and the cost of doing business okay don't yeah. try, don't get into the pencil stuff that's that's trying to um make an excuse of why it's 5000 that sounds like corporate greed right but you have yeah. to you have to tell them why it's there's a a big markup because we're trying to match the economy and go through what I just said. I won't repeat it, but go through all that and then take them through the process of why it's worth 30. And it should actually be priced at 35 right now. This thing gets almost 50 miles to the gallon at the current cost of gas. Yeah, this thing should be worth 40 grand. And you go through the value part of it. Okay. You're going to get customers that are just flat out disgusted by the the markups and they're going to give you a hard time through the whole process. And you can try to use the well. I know the price isn't what you want, and I know you're upset about it. I can see, but let me at least see what the payment's gonna be. And sometimes you can use that payment close, the yeah close, and try to get them to sh- try to show them that hey, it the payment's only six fifty. You said you want to be at six thirty, right? Yeah, the markups there. Yeah, the bottom line's not where you want it to be, but this is an affordable vehicle, so. You you might have to get tricky on the back end of the of the deal, the numbers yeah. part, or you do the value building up front and sell yourself and sell why you're doing it, not just trying to justify the $5,000 and make an excuse, okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Getting customers inside, phone skills. Okay. Keeping motivated after a, a bad day or a bad month. We're just about at an hour, so this is perfect. So what challenges do you have? I know that when you have a bad month, let's say you sell three cars and you make barely any money. That is a a downer. okay? Yeah. But is there anything that's reoccurring for you, Tyler, that's that's troubling you?
1: I mean, there's, you know, going into work, um, you know, I'm like, all right, we're selling cars today. I have like two appointments set you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm going to get in between those appointments. You know, I'm going to get a a second up, turn it and work my other appointment, you know, just, and just, you go into work every step of the day just does not go right. And you're working, you're, you're working your butt off and you're at the end of the day, end of your shift. You're just like, like, what the heck did I just do all day? You know, go home empty handed. And then, you know that's one day, but that happens 16 times in the month or, you know, 20 times in the month. And you're just like, what the heck am I doing? You know, there's, there's months where you just like, you feel like you're doing nothing right, you know, and it's, it's frustrating. You know, there's, there has been times where I'm just like, do I just find something else? You know, like, is this really going to just be working out? Is it going to be like this next month? And then, You know, then the stress sets in because you're I think about, you know, what it's gonna be next month and if it continues on and and then you know, there has been a a stretch of like maybe like three months where I just crapped out.
0: Yeah, that it happens. The the car business is peaks and valleys. Um, you're gonna have days and months where you're just on top of the world, and then you're gonna have a stretch where you're you feel homeless, you know, you feel like you got you got nothing. So it's 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 a mindset no matter what okay so when you're going yeah. through a, a tough a tough time it's still a mindset thing because do you notice that when you're having a tough month you you watch another guy sell he he can't go wrong
1: it's so frustrating
0: <laughs> yeah so what's the difference here is it he's just getting lucky or is it a mindset thing and you just happen to be like kind of cursed this month, snake bitten, um, because you, you can't get out of your own head. But, but what happens sometimes is you go through this horrible month and then the first of the next month starts and then you crush it. Has that happened to you? Yeah. So what changed in that, in that one little minute when it stroked midnight to the next month, what changed do you think?
1: I think I maybe just got connected to the right customer where we just clicked, and then I sold that car, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like let's let's go, let's get this started."
0: Yeah. So, so my worst month in the car business was two and a, two and a half units. It was a September, and the stroke of midnight hit, ding, and now it's October, and the next month I was salesman of the month. The, it, nothing magical happened at the stroke of midnight. So why was it that I went from two and a half to 16 and a half salesmen of the month, the next month, it was a mindset. It wasn't the customer, uh, man, it sure is easy blaming the customer. Oh, I've had a bad streak of customers, right? Not for 30 days, my friend, right? What happens is the mindset changed. So the, the stroke at midnight, I got a clean slate. Okay. Now I'm going to crush October. I'm going to be salesman of the month. And I was, but the, the guy that was here on September 31st or September 30th to October 1st, it's, it's the same type of customer. and hey, we're just looking. Da, 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 da. It's a mindset thing in a, in a presentation thing. You got cats over there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bring them to the podcast. Bye. I can sell a cat too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a mindset thing when you're having a bad month. And you're down in the dumps. It's not the customers. Don't blame the customers because that's the easiest place to put it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run something by you, and I want you to either tell me if you agree or don't agree. When when a salesman is having a a a tough month or a tough stretch, do we blame the, the customers that we've had?
1: Every time. No, okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. No,
0: <laughs> I mean, for the most part, kind of like what you were saying. I've had a bad stretch of customers. Da 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 da, and I it just, it's just not. I they got bad credit. They got this. I they're not buying. They got it flipped in their trade. Is that pretty common for a salesman to do on a bad month? Yeah, because that's the easiest place to put the blame.
1: Yeah, on, on the stretch of yeah.
0: customers. Now, let me ask you this question: When a salesman has An absolute beast of a month, a month, 17 cars. He made 18 grand. He's crushing it. Does he blame the customers or does he take the credit? Takes the credit. Ah, so when times are good, hey, (laughs) look at me. Look what I did. I sold 17 cars this month. I made 18 grand. I'll take the credit. Oh, wait, it's a bad month. No, no. It was that remember all the deals I had that couldn't get approved. Oh remember I had a bad stretch of customers, right? All of a sudden you're putting the blame when it's a bad month, but when it's a good month, you take all the credit. Right? Yeah. So so again, that's it's putting the blame where, yeah, it's a mindset thing. It's putting the blame where is convenient because I've never had a good killer month where I made a zillion dollars and I blamed the customers. Oh yeah, that customer <laughs> came in, he said just he just said, take all my money. And then this is a guy, laid out. Yeah. You're not going to say any of that. You're going to say, oh, there were tough deals, but I, I persevered. I mean, 18 grand I'm salesman of the month. <clears> yeah, <throat> exactly. Right. Yeah. So so now as a salesman, that's a professional and is mature. You have to take the credit for the bad months and you have to take the blame. Yes. Does it suck? Yes. Do you want to put all the blame on anybody else, but yourself, of course, But you have to think about, okay, why did I have such a bad month? And it normally boils down to attitude, negativity, and desking. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at slash wonder. The deals before you're actually supposed to desk them. Okay. Salesmen on the lot hear the word I want to trade in my Sequoia that's a 2015, I owe 30 on it. And they're like, oh, I owe 35 on it. Oh, it's got ninety thousand miles. They start desking their own deal. Yeah, what well, you got? Any money down? Right. What's your pay? What kind of payment? And you know, you this this new Sequoia is going to be nine hundred a month, right? You start desking your own deal. Next, thing you know that customer that probably found, could find a way to buy the car has been scared off of the lot by the sales guy that, that desks the deal. Never desk the deal. So. When you're having a bad stretch of deals, it's not the customer. It's it's people, it's salespeople finding ways to, to desk the deal before they hit the desk. Because how many times have has Tyler sold a 580 credit score that was flipped upside down that, that got approved with no money down? It's happened, right?
1: It's it's happened very rarely with no money down, but <laughs> it has happened.
0: There's ways that, that your your desk manager can get creative and work the rebates and incentives and try yeah. to finance. There's ways to do it. But wouldn't it be so easy to tell that customer on the lot that you need money down? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have money down. It's he's prejudging pay- him. Yeah, he's he he's barely paying when they say I got five eighty a credit score, they're barely making it as it is. So when you say you're going to need three or four grand down to get out, what's that customer going to do? Bye. He doesn't have a shot in his own head. And now yeah. you're saying to your sales manager, oh, it's a tough customer. He's buried, da 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 You never gave the guy the fair shake to try to get him approved because there's always a deal there. Do you know that banks will nearly give a 100% approval rate? Did you know that? Your dealership has a 100% approval rate ability. it The structure just has to be right. A bank will never turn out a deal if the structure is right, no matter what the score is. They could be a 430 credit score, but they got 60% down and they can prove their income. Approved. Your, yeah. your dealership literally has 100% approval rate. You just need to get to the point where you can work the deal and let the desk do their thing. Okay. So, so, Don't blame the customer. Don't think you got a bad stream of customers. Just get them in and work the deal. Go back to the basics of my name is Tyler. I love my job. I love Toyota products. I'm going to do everything in my power to get you approved and get you a payment that fits your family's budget. And if I can't, then don't buy the car. But at least you'll get to see what it takes to, to get there. Okay? So when you're having a tough month, you got to blame yourself. It's you can't blame anybody else. You got to take credit for the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and you need to go back to the basics and do not desk a deal on the lot. Don't worry about it. Yes, you want to you want to gather information to make sure you're showing them the right vehicle. And yeah, I need to be at a two thirty payment. Okay, let's look at this seventy thousand dollar Sequoia. No, you still have to be smart and use salesman intuition, but you don't prejudge the customer and, and desk the deal before. Do you, it, can you think of a time when you desk your own deal out there?
1: Um, yeah, it's been there's been a couple times that i've that I've done that and pre-qualified them and pre-judged them and they, I see them back in the dealership like a week later with another salesperson. they're driving away with the car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it, so don't think it's just you. okay, so and then you're thinking, oh I just I, I just I'm having the worst luck. No. You're having the worst. Sh- you're shortcutting. Yeah, and 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 I've done it too. We've all done it. The two and a half car month I had, I shortcut it left and right. Prejudge customers, prejudge the credit, guess the deal on the lot. I sold two and a half cars. The next month, I said, I'm going back to the basics, and I'm going to just do what do what I was told when I first started, and I'm going to let it work for me. And I did, and that's when you have the big month. So, you got to take Tyler, take the blame. For the bad months yes. and you go back to the basics and, and go out there and think about I'm I'm Tyler, I'm Tyler Moreno, and I'm gonna sell a bunch of cars today. And yes, do we get beat up during the day? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things I say. If if you go home tired, hungry, stinky, a little a little agitated, you probably sold a car that day or at least tried and and now you have some follow-up that you can do. But Mm-hmm. Don't always give it your best every day, Tyler, and you'll notice that you'll start selling more cars. Try to erase your day at the, at the stroke of midnight every day and start fresh. Start positive. Not everything goes your way in the car business, but at least stack the odds like we've been talking about so it can go your way. Gotcha. Okay. Anything else?
1: I think we've covered everything that I that I was concerned about. And I'm going to go back and rewatch this video and just kind of brush up on, you know, what we've talked about and implemented in my, my everyday.
0: Yes. Yes. When, when I, when I started in the car business, Tyler, I ran through all the same challenges as you. Mm -hmm. So anything that you will see in the future, I have seen already and I've been able to deal with, and then I got to be a sales manager and now I get to do this podcast and be a sales manager. So I'm always constantly thinking of ways I can help salespeople. So the fact that I can help you and maybe get Tyler some more sales during the month and make this worth it for him, it it warms my heart, and I'm I'm happy, especially especially for my nephew who I've known since he was born.
1: Yeah, no, it's I I appreciate you. I do. I know you probably hear my my cats over here. Oh, you're fine. Uh, but uh, no, I do. I definitely appreciate it, and I know we talk every so often about this kind of stuff and you know concerns that I have. And it's awesome that you're doing the podcast. I share it with everybody, and I appreciate you know, your it's, support. It it has helped me a lot, you know. And just this one on one has, I can ask these questions. We can have a conversation, and the things that you've said, you know, you I'm sure you've seen it. Like I'm just like, oh shoot, I didn't even think about that. And um, you know, when I go back into the dealership, I'm just gonna. You know, practice and practice until and I can re- refine myself as a salesperson and, you know, go back to basics and, you know, start from the ground up.
0: And remember to have that passion. Get the passion yeah. back in your sales. Without passion, you got nothing. Okay? Yeah. And remember, the best actors get the, are the highest paid. So Jim mm-hmm. Carrey's your favorite. Go watch a Jim Carrey movie and watch what that guy does to make you laugh. He's He does. He'll do anything to make you laugh right? Yeah. You got to do anything to make a sale. So be a, be an actor and have fun and have that passion. Okay, my friend. Yes. All right. You have a wonderful night. You working tomorrow? No, I'm off the next two. Okay. You can start watching the video and, and really think about it. And when you hit the ground running, then you'll be ready. It's like a fresh start. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. You too. Bye.